Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. Hello? Is that it? All right. Excellent. Um, got a, I got a couple announcements here, and uh, I guess uh, I'll start with the Christmas cards. Um, uh, you can bring your cards and place them in the boxes. The boxes are not there yet, right? Right. They're not there yet. Okay. But the boxes will be there. So if you do Christmas cards, you like Christmas cards, get them filled out, bring them in. Uh, what, next week, you think? All through December. Thank you. All right. Um, so that's one thing, if you like Christmas cards. The other thing is, if you notice, there's a tree out there, and it has not ornaments, but it has uh, names on it for uh, the Angel Tree uh, Ministry. And uh, if you take a card, all we ask you is to put your name and the number of the um, tag on, on the paper out there so we know what's going on there. And... Uh, what else out there? Okay, that's about, yeah, the clipboard's out there to use, okay? And also, I just want to mention, uh, uh, I love my pastor. Do you guys love your pastor? Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. Uh, he's not here today. Of course, Brian, he does a great job. He's wonderful. His heart's with the Lord, you know. And uh, pastors need some time. He takes, every once in a while, he'll take a Sunday and be with family, and, and that recharges him. And I want him on his game. He's been on his game. I'll tell you what, those messages have been really good. So um, just thank you for that, and thank you for, you know, helping him. So thank you for coming today. I just, it's just awesome when we all gather together like this. So um, I'm going to pray over the offering so those guys can get rolling here. Sorry, guys, making you wait. Um, okay, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the abundance that you give us, God, and thank you for us allowing us to give to you, God, that we uh, we can further the kingdom, Lord, and uh, we're uh, helping people to get to know you, Lord, and that's that just thrills my heart that through this church, people are coming to Christ, and that's awesome. So it's our corporate ministry, and then of course we all have our ministries are our, our own. Your neighbor, your friend, your relative that needs to hear Christ, and Lord, I just pray to anoint the money, Lord, to anoint the offering, Lord, and also to anoint our hearts to spread the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I'm going to give it over to Brian here, All I right. guess. I guess I kind of had should have had them guys do that first. So. You all right? Yeah, we're good. All right, I'm going to shut this thing <laughs> off. All right, is this mic on? Everybody hear me. Awesome, awesome. Well, today, as you can see, Pastor's not here, like he said. Uh, he talked to me a couple weeks ago about doing something. He wanted to take some time off here and uh, like you said, re-energize himself. You know, Christmas season's upon us, so it's, it's going to be a fun time. So this morning, we'll start out in prayer here. So, Lord, we just want to come to you today. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you praise, God. Uh, you know, as we look forward to this season, we just come out of Thanksgiving, and we're so thankful, God, in this, this country especially, Lord, for the blessings you've given us. Even as times get darker, you're still, Lord, we are so blessed. And, Lord, we're heading into this Christmas season, and we're looking forward to you know, time with family and friends, Lord. So we're just thankful for that, God. So we just ask you a special blessing on pastors' messages as the upcoming weeks. Lord, I just pray a special blessing upon each and every one here today. I ask this in your name. All right, today we're going to continue with you asked for it. I made Greg's job easy this morning. He only has one thing to put on the screen this morning. 
We're going to continue on with that. I think that's an amazing thing that Pastor does is allow people to come up with topics that are interesting, you know, that are that we need to hear. So today we had a question that was posed today that Pastor had asked me about. It was called, "We are called to trust God in His promises, but how do we cope with the anger, the pain, the overwhelming doubt in the waiting period, in seasons of questions, confusion, and loss?" And you know, it's Talking about praying for the Christmas season, you know, this is an awesome time of year. We get to look forward to traditions. We get to look forward to uh, songs, families, friends, you know, the musics. It's just a wonderful time of the year. You know, we get to sing Joy to the World, Silent Night. You know, the Christmas song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <clears throat> but for some, maybe even a lot of us, it's not the most wonderful time of the year. And the Silent Night, sometimes you're... Just filled with questions. But, you know, we live in a fallen world. And as these days grow darker, we just need to realize as a church, as believers in Christ, we need to hold each other up. And I would love to give everybody a three-step, a simple formula that says, do this, this, and this, and everything's going to be great. But you know what? <laughs> I'd be lying to you, and you know that. It's just not that easy. That's not how life works. So a couple weeks ago, I said, Pastor had asked me to do this, to speak on this subject. Not really sure, <laughs> wasn't really sure, still not really sure it's a good idea. But, uh, but you know, the first week I noticed when, I was, when he had asked me that, I've noticed a lot of people in work in different places just telling me about things in their life going on. And, you know, people just got a lot of issues right now. A lot of things going on, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of things. Um, but, you know, one thing I've learned is the devil likes to do one thing. He likes to keep us in a sense of we're alone. We're alone in this. Nobody understands this. It's hard. So today I'm going to do something totally different, probably than done for a while. Because this message is going to be hard for me, I've asked a couple other people, and today I asked Pastor Chris and Renee, if they would be willing to share along with myself into maybe what's transpired in our lives, where we're at, um, just to um, basically let us know where we're at, you know, because to answer those questions of, you know, how do you, how do you cope, how do you live through it, it's, it's not something there's an answer to. It's a continual push forward. It's a continual pressing into the Lord. So I ask these two if they want to come forward. I got them a seat here. We'll hook them up with a mic, but I'll get started in the story. I'll go as far as I can. <laughs> You'll have to forgive me if things get tough, but. But uh, I'll start today just by saying, you know, most of you know my artist, me and my wife and my daughter's story with my son there. Back in August 20th of 2019, it was just a normal day at work. He just started work, working. He'd actually been working for our company for six months and had actually gotten hired on his second full day on the job as an actual employee. Um, he was on my shift. I was his control room operator, shift supervisor that day. We had another shift supervisor in that, that day helping out. So Tommy was filling out, you know, paperwork and different things, and we talked about life insurance and different things, you know, stuff you don't have to worry about as a young person. But later on that day, just, and it was kind of a neat thing because we had just come back from the Ark Encounter. And, you know, we, he had worked all weekend, so we come back. So the shift supervisor was on that day. I was talking to Joe about it, telling him what was going on when we hear a man down call. 
come to find out. Tommy had fallen over 37 feet to a concrete floor. You know, that's a hard call. That's a very hard call even to make to your wife. None of you ever have to call. <clears throat> but I knew, I knew that, I knew a fall like that wasn't good. But I also knew that if he was to live, it would only by, be by the grace of God. It's the only way. You know, the last couple of years have been rough. They've been hard. We've been, we've been coping. We've been doing all right. But, you know, there's questions of, Lord, why did you do this? You know, what, what was the point of this? Sometimes there's no answers. There's no answers in some of this stuff. <clears throat> now, granted, for a while I was struggling with the Lord. I was mad at him, but I would say I was more disappointed. You know, what, why? What's the point? Why did you do this? <clears throat> you know, to this day, I still don't have an answer. And I pretty much said on my fact, I'm never going to have an answer until I see him. And it's hard because, you know, we go through struggles and things like this happen. We're pretty mad at the Lord. You know, it's, it just doesn't make sense. <clears throat> so we've been continuing to work to that. I know I've been, between me and my wife, we've been, we've been just pushing into the Lord. That's, that's all you can do. You can just push in him, trust in him. That's, that's all I got. You know, and I've told Renee, I've told people that by being a Bible study, especially choir practice or worship practice, <laughs> that, you know, sometimes I feel like the only thing I got left is to climb up on and rock. That's all I can do. And sometimes I even feel like as I dig through the scriptures, it, you know, to me it's like standing on the rock and just digging through the water. All I'm going to do is muddy up the scriptures for it to say something that I wanted to say. And it may not say what I wanted to say. So what do you do? Where do you go from there? And to be honest with you, I don't know. It's a day-to-day -day walk. We walk it every day. We struggle. You get ambushed every now and then. You know, I think if anybody's listening to J.J. Jasper, his book, Volume 1, is an amazing book. He's walking the same walk where his son was killed. You get ambushed. You live life new. And I love J.J.'s saying where he said, it's like having your arm amputated. You live life. You know it's not right. You know it's not there. You know it's supposed to be there, but it's not there anymore. You've got to learn to live new. And, you know, keep that inside, to keep it bottled up where it's just us. I don't think that's what God wants us to do because we've all, got, we've all lost somebody important to us. And it's not an easy walk at all. So that's just my encouragement to you is just keep pressing forward. Keep trusting in the Lord, even if we don't have answers, even if we're mad at him. But the key is not to stay there, but to move on from there. And that takes time. And that time is between you and you and the Lord. So that's my story. I didn't want to get a whole lot into detail because that's about as far as I can go with it right now. So. Okay. Um. So, um, my, is my mic on? I can't tell. Is it on? Okay. Um, so, I, my story is still in process, right? I'm in the midst of the struggle here. <laughs> um, but, so I don't want to, out of, to honor and respect, right, um, the other side of things, I want to, 
uh, be careful, but I want to just say, um, right, since 2011 is when my struggle really started, and uh, it has been long, right, long and hard. And um, I think we've all got that thing, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I very consciously said to God when I was a little girl, I remember this. God, you can do anything in my life, right? Bring me any storm but this, right? I had that thing that was like, if you do that, it's too far. I don't think I can survive it. And guess what happened? <laughs> that. <laughs> and, um, you know, it would be really easy for us to sit and look and say, how could a good God take the one thing, right? One thing out of everything we said, can you just not do that? I don't care. Like, put me in a country and have, have me persecuted for Christ. Like, whatever it is, right, just don't do this one thing. And he takes us through that one thing. And so I think when you have that question, right, there's something, there's something beautiful about our questions. Like, we need to not be afraid to ask, right? God is not afraid of our questions. He's not too small to answer us, right? And uh, even if it's that he's not always going to give us the answers, right? There's something beautiful about coming to him and just saying, like, what in the world? Why would you do something like this? Why did you let this happen? Um, we've, we've heard people, right? They give those nice answers. Well, God didn't do it. He let it, uh, you know? there's no difference, right? There's no difference if you're in the middle of it. Guess what? You know he could have stopped it, and he didn't. And so, like, you're there left with trying to, like, figure out um, what does that mean? Um, and I think that there's two things, number one, that I can tell you um, from how where I've come in this struggle, and yet that it's not over, um, that, uh, that one thing, like, God knew, right? He knew he was big enough to take us through. And so there's nothing to be afraid of. Once you face that greatest fear that that's one thing that you said to God, I would never be able to survive this thing, and you survive it, like you know that you're serving a God that can do anything, right? It does wonders for the faith that it grows in you because you've seen God come through in a situation you thought there was no way, right, you would ever make it. And so um, I would say that is my thing. Um, my advice, but um, I just have to say, like, I, Isaiah 43 was going through my mind where it talks about, like, when the fires come, right, you're not going to be burned, and the waters won't overwhelm you. That is struggles, guys. Like, that's what this is talking about. Like, he's saying, I will be with you through those times. I'm not going to stop it. I don't we wish some, that there wasn't this pain in our lives, but um, the truth of it is, like, he's not going to stop it, but he will be faithful through it, and that's what he says. So I think just uh, some advice, and I could talk about this forever. Like, it took me, uh, you know, a long time to figure out how do I fit this into 10 minutes um, because I've just learned so much through this journey. Um, but I did just jot down, like, a couple of thoughts that I had. Um, and what, what brought me through, right, is uh, having realistic expectations, I think, is incredibly important. Um, and number one, I think that you have got to not underestimate the size of your struggle, <clears throat> and I think that you have got to um, not overestimate your own strength, right? Um, that is the truth. Like, when you're going through that thing, right, whatever it looks like for you, and I don't want people to hold back or think I'm holding back, right? Like, it really is just out of protection. Um, I will be happy. There's a day coming, right, when I am going to share the struggle um, that I've been through in detail, but um, 
It's not today. And so what I can tell you is being very realistic, and this is what you need to understand, it is bigger than you, right? Like that struggle that you're walking through is bigger than you, and it has the power to take you out. That's what Satan's after, right? He's after separating you for eternity from the God that loves you and getting you to be convinced that he's not really good, right? That you are, he doesn't have a good plan for you. He's not after good things. And so when you begin to um, recognize that and realize, man, this struggle is huge, and uh, just having a very realistic expectation, you are going to crash. There's nothing wrong with having bad days. There's nothing wrong with crying, right, about the situation or being mad or having those very, very natural emotions. And I think sometimes we want to beat ourselves up and be like, well, I can't, if I was a good Christian, I wouldn't feel this way, right, or I wouldn't ask that question. Um, that is absolutely, positively not true, right? God wants us to be real. He is a good father, and he has no problem with his children coming to him and saying, God, why did you do this? What is this about? Uh, but I echo what Brian said, right? You can't stay there. You can't stay in that place. So ask your questions. But at the end of the day, right, you need to resolve it back at the place. And you'll see this, right? Psalms, um, when David's writing a lot of his psalms, he'll come like, oh, I feel like I'm going to die. I'm going to be overwhelmed. But I know, right, that my God will rescue me. And so I think really holding fast, um, you have to hold fast to the truth of who he is. And um, if you have the privilege of doing this, Come into the situation strong, right? Use it now. If you're not in the middle of the struggle, the struggle, um, man, do what you need to do to get close to God. Read his word. And I tell the worship team this all the time, right? But I'm like, you seriously, like, I cannot emphasize this enough, right? Read the Bible. It is not just another book. This is your life source that is going to save you when you are, like, being overwhelmed, right, and burned and in the midst of that fire. And so if you don't know what he says, you need objective truth. Um, that's my other advice is you need objective truth. This can't be about what you feel or about what you think you want, right? You need to know what God says in that moment about who he is. And that doesn't mean an outcome, right? Wouldn't the outcome have been fabulous uh, for Tommy to have been restored, right? And not to die. And wouldn't it be fabulous for me not to have gone through the situation that I have and you not to go, go through your situation, whether it was abuse or a financial situation or a relationship, whatever that is, right? Like that would have been great, but here's the truth. Um, we don't have those outcomes. And so it means that there is a bigger story. I'm sure if you've come to church very much, you've heard me say this, right, during worship. There's a bigger story that we're part of. And God says like he comforts us so that we can comfort others. And um, that is a hard thing um, to keep ourselves in the right place because we wanna think like, you shouldn't do this to me. I don't deserve this, right? We want to think that way. But here's the truth of it, and we don't, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> In some situations, we definitely don't. Um, but here is the truth. Uh, God knows, right? He knows, and he knows there are people in those situations that they need to know a God that can take them through. Right? You're going to struggle. The difference isn't, this isn't, this shouldn't be about, like, how to struggle. We are, we're there. You're going to struggle with you, like it or not. It's struggling and still being able to thrive. That's the difference that God makes, right? We don't have to be taken under. And to, be, to figure out how to struggle well so you can come through it and even thrive in the midst of it, um, that is so, so awesome. Like, that is a privilege that only God can do in us. Um, and it's only going to come by knowing truly that objective truth about what he says. And that's not, right? Everything's going to work out just fabulous, right? Exactly the way that you think it is. What it is going to be, though, is um, Psalm 119.66 says, God, you do good. You are good and you do only good. 
And so that means, like, at the end of the story, number, number one, whatever's happened in your life that's not good, it wasn't him. Um, and so we can know that, right? But number two, um, that not good, he is a God that can redeem. And so he will redeem it. And so if your story hasn't been redeemed yet to the place where there's something beautiful that is coming out of it, um, it's not the end yet. And so keep pursuing, keep following. That's what I say. Like we need endurance. And um, Hebrews 11 says patient, or Hebrews 10 actually is what it is. Um, but anyways, it says patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. And so sometimes I just say, uh, man, keep fighting, right? You need to be around somebody that's going to keep fighting, um, and the other really just practical advice that I would give is be very careful who you talk to um, because there's a lot of people that, right, they'll be very happy to come in your room and be like, oh, you should feel like that. Mm, that's terrible, right? And guess what? Patting you on the back and, like, reassuring them, oh, man, all it does is kind of, like, pulls you down and it allows you to stay in that place of depression. And to fight well, you're going to have to pull yourself up, right, and really fight for that. Um, and you need people around you that will be willing to just keep fixing your eyes, right? That's how Jesus says, run your race by fixing your eyes on me. That's how you're going to make it to the end. And so if your eyes aren't fixed, like you need somebody that obviously they, they can cry with you and they can um, empathize with you, but you also need somebody that's going to come back and say, don't give up, right? Like you've got to, how, what's God after in your life? What's the purpose of the, his kingdom and all of this bigger story? And again, you can be heartbroken over it. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, have those real emotions, but realize, um, man, at the end of it, right, even in the midst of the sorrow, there really is. There's joy that comes, and there's a knowing about, boy, there's something so much deeper, something so much greater that he's after in our life. Hey, Amen. I've known uh, Rene for a long time, and I'm, I'm uh, getting to know Brian. I have so much respect. I'm Chris Clark, if you don't know me, by the way, pastored in Chapelana Hill for 37 years. Um, so, but I have so much respect for these two uh, because of how they have managed uh, the deep hurts of their lives, the deeper hurts than I've ever experienced. You know, I feel like I have to give my pedigree for suffering here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, deep, deep hurts. Um, you know, I talk to Judy uh, sometimes when it comes to losing somebody. She would be the most precious. I haven't lost a child. And, and so th those are things you got to... Yield that all to God. You never know what's coming around the corner. But I tell her sometimes, I'm going first because I don't think I could live without her. <laughs> I know that's selfish, you know, when you, I know it's selfish, but I can't help it. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, I have such respect for these guys. L let me just tell you a little bit about my life. Uh, uh, and I love this question. I got to say that. I love this question because. I could preach about a whole series of sermons, maybe 10 or 12, <laughs> on the issue. And uh, it, so it's a great question. God bless whoever uh, asks this question. And uh, I can tell that the person that uh, wrote this question has some deep things going on in their lives. And so I just pray for, I don't know who it is, I just pray in the name of Jesus, that his love 
will encompass you and help you through your battle and turn your mourning to joy. And that is a real thing. Uh, as a pastor of people for 37 years, I have seen over and over again people that have been like Renee and uh, been like Brian who have been faithful to God over the years and have had deep hurts that God it doesn't always take, you know, you're always going to have hurts of wounds when you think about tragic situations. When you think about them, you know, those tears begin to roll, but that's all right. But I have seen God do beautiful things in people's children. I have a zillion stories. I can't do all that today. You know, we're just not going to go there. But for, I'm going to give you my pedigree of, of suffering and trials. <laughs> I've lost uh, parents. I've lost a brother and a sister. Of course, as you get older, these things happen. In-laws and friends. And, and I've been around grief. Uh, many tragic losses. Um, and... Uh, again, those stories that I don't have time to tell of children that have passed, that a child three years, uh, three days old that passed, and seeing that child and um, with the parents, helping them walk through it. My wife has been involved in all of this. Um, she was really never officially the assistant pastor, but um, probably more of the assistant pastors than or at least as much as, as the ones I've had. Um, walk with friends and family uh, through uh, their losses in the church, spouses of children, and um, just did five funerals this last summer, you know, and uh, one of them was a 26-year-old boy that of a, a wonderful family, loves Jesus, uh, ran his vehicle into the ditch and and passed away because of that accident. So there's a lot of hurt in this world. There's a lot of stuff that happens. Um, we're in a war zone. Whether we like it or not, we don't like it. We think we were born for Eden. We were born for uh, the garden. And then we lost the garden. And we have expectations in our life that that's the way it's supposed to be. And then we think of heaven, you know, and we, want, we pray, let it be on, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Because that's what's in our heart. That's what, you know, our expectations are. But the reality is we live in, in a, a, a cursed world, a world where there is sin and hurt and, and death and pain, and, and it touches us very deeply um, many times. Uh, I've had that in my own life, uh, besides those things I just mentioned. Um, as a pastor, you know, uh, walking with people, it impacts you. Please know this about your pastor. It, it's easy to, to look at pastors, and I've had this said to me a zillion times. You know, I, I expect it, you know, oh, you only work one day a week. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea what a pastor carries. and. For that reason, I can't go into detail. And it, again, it would be way too long with some of the things that I've experienced. Um, but it's real. 
your own trials and uh, burdens plus those of the people that you walk with through, through theirs um, and trying to move a church forward in the mission of God. Uh, it's a unique calling, so please understand, just keep your pastor in prayer. Love your pastor. Work with your pastor, not against your pastor, because the two, one of the two biggest trials I've had in my life was when some people worked against the pastor. And uh, one was early on in our ministry, and I, I, you know, there's many stuff that happens, and please be aware that to me, like Chapel on the, the people of Chapel on the Hill are some of the, the, the greatest people in this earth. So loving and warm, supportive, um, and uh, I have described them to the pastor that took over after me when he was being interviewed. How do you see the salt of the earth? Just the salt of the earth. I just love them. And um, so anyway... But there's always a stinker, okay? It's just the way it is. And a part to try uh, to, for God to work in your life. And I had one early on, and, and, and the stinkers always try to get other people involved in their stink. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it's amazing how it goes sometimes. But uh, I had er one early on, and I'll just tell you, and it was a power struggle, not that it's a power that a pastor has power, but there's a constitution by walls. There's leadership in a church. That's how a church should be run, through the, through the mechanism that everybody's agreed on, not through some individuals that want to spread things in the church or want to have certain powers or be in certain positions, et cetera, et cetera. Just run things the way they're supposed to be run. Okay, and a way, the way you've agreed upon them as a church and the way the Bible calls you to. Most of all, the way the Bible calls you to in love and grace. And so this person um, didn't like where our church was. If you've ever been in Chapel on Hill, it's, it's the highest place in Lower Venango County. It's got the view you cannot believe. I don't know how many people I've had up there that have said, you know, uh, this is of God. <laughs> well, that's, I agreed with that. But this person didn't want it to be there. And since then, she gave me 37 years of letters. At one point, when I threw them away, because I had to keep them, because she was always referenced. <laughs> what was in the, this letter or that letter? And it became about this thick. And you don't know how many arguments I had when I was all by myself in the car with her. <laughs> what was going in on my, you ever have one of those where you're talking to somebody else and, and they're not there? <laughs> and how the Lord would work. So that was the one. And then toward the end of my ministry, I had another stinker. And very likable gentleman to most people on the outside, you know, very gregarious and, you know, uh, but he literally began to tell things that weren't so, things that when we'd sit down and talk to one another over issues, uh, 
you know, I never, I learned after a while that I, if I said something to him between me and him, that he could screw it around backwards and tell everybody about it. So I had to limit myself. And then people began to hear all that side of the, what, you know, our disagreements. And I couldn't help but dis disagree with, with him because I was right. <laughs> I, I don't know, because it was biblical or, you know, there was just the way you should run things in a church, you know. And so, and there was a wounded side of him. He'd grown up in an abusive home. His father was very abusive to him. And people that have been abused, unless they're healed, they will abuse. And it was happening in his family, and I saw that and knew that because I talked to his kids, and his kids would come to me about the issues. It was ha happened with his wife, but most people didn't know that and didn't see that. They saw the, the outward things. They saw the things that you might put on Facebook or <laughs> whatever. And uh, so... Uh, as a result, uh, they would talk to different people, and this person would leave the church. There'd be an issue with, with this family between them and that, and they'd leave the church. And this happened about 10 or 13 times before it was all over. Um, and some of my best friends were really doubting me and, uh, uh, and Judy because she was, she was right there, I, some of our best friends. And uh, they left the church. But the Lord made me be silent because I would have no ministry with this man, with his wife and with his kids if I defended myself in all this. Plus, when you defend yourself, and you have to defend yourself, it always comes out. You ever have that where you say, it just comes out wrong, you know? It just seems like, you know, I'm in a fight or something, you know? And so uh, I didn't do it. But th these two things were some of the biggest trials, even, you know, when I think it, uh, this last one happened in the midst of, it was a period of uh, seven, eight years. And uh, happened in the midst. He called me one time when my dad was laying on the couch dying and insisted I go see him. And I said, I can't. Not going to happen. And just gave me the dickens, the best way to put it. So, you know, so this caused a great deal of hurt. Both of these situations, I, one time I went into it with the first situation with the, the lady, I went into the boardroom and thinking, I can't, I can't, um, I can't just smooth this over. This has to, I couldn't stop what she was doing, but I couldn't go along with it. And I decided before the board meeting, well, if this doesn't go, I'm not gonna pressure everyone, but I, I've decided if this doesn't go my way, I'll just resign. So it was at that place. 
it happened to go the way it should go. And eventually, the same thing with the other person. Uh, uh, we had to have a board meeting, <laughs> and uh, there was uh, several of the board members who he had turned, and I thought, Lord, if this is, um, you know, I surrender this to you, if this is the way it's going to be, I'm going to have to resign, you know. So neither of those things had to happen, thankfully. But the tension, and you've probably all had job situations or different things that happen here, but you have tension there, you have stress there. So, and just to tell you how that ended with, with one person, the one person that wrote all the letters, I, I finally gave, she could be in the background <laughs> of church life and everything. I could put up with the letters because it never stopped for 37 years. It never stopped. And uh, it's not stopped now. But my wife takes the letters and trashes them. <laughs> so, uh, and she writes them to, to, to the new pastor. <laughs> so all that to say, and I've been able to have a relationship, believe it, and, and love her. Because you've got to love these people. You have to love this person that's wrapped up in, in the hurt of their hearts. The gentleman wound up, well, first let me tell you this. The way I dealt with that so that it worked in the church, his barn burned down. And I decided, you know, they had uh, the men with vision went down and helped him rebuild his barn. They, we had a bunch of them, men with vision in the church. And so they needed help roof because all those guys were over 70. And uh, I was still in my late 50s. And I could work on a roof. So I went up on the roof, and, and I got another guy, and I gave all my days off for an entire six weeks to putting his roof on, helping rebuild that as an act of love. And that stopped everything. That's, that stopped it. People began to realize that what was being said wasn't true. And his kids came to me later. I said, why did, you, why did you do that? And I, I told them, because they had been abused. And then, um, as a result, though, he never got over it. He wound up divorcing his wife and being estranged from uh, most of his children. He had about four or five of them, and, uh, or five of them. And, uh, so it hurt his life far more. But the things that God did in my life because of it, the strength that he built in me, the grace had learning to, to, you know. And so the question at the end of that thing, and let me get to that, and I'll let Brian. Um, uh, God got me through that. I didn't think it would ever end. It took, like I said, that last one, about seven, eight years. But uh, the question is, we are called to trust in uh, God and his promises, but how can we cope with the anger? I had that, the pain, overwhelming doubt in the waiting period, seasons of questions, confusion, and loss. I wonder, when is this going to end? 
when is it going to end? There's got to be an end to this. So, first thing I could say that really uh, agrees with, seek the Lord. Find, find a place because you've got so much pain running through your heart. And, you know, ultimately, the only one that can help you is the Lord. He's real. You know, it's not just, you know, going through some religious motion. Touching God and having him touch you. So find a way to seek him in, in his word, in prayer. Cry out to him. Cry before him. Uh, if you get angry, yell at him. <laughs> he can deal with it. But, but let him, you know, let his get into his presence. Get beyond yourself. If you can get into his presence, you will find strength strength and comfort you'll find his love he loves you and, and and you've got to determine that in in your mind and know that you've got to go back to because the battle does you know you you get by one day you got the next day coming you know and so the battle continues in your mind and in your heart and you've got to uh you've got to believe and know and 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 how do you know that? You know that because Jesus died. Uh, his message of love, Jesus died on the cross for you. That's, that's for everybody. He's for you. He's not against you. It's not God doing it. it, it it's a war zone, and, and you and I are in the middle of it. So seek him. You'll find him. And, and sometimes it takes a little bit to get, get beyond your thoughts, beyond your hurt, beyond your pain. But once you do that, you know, first you're in your, his presence, and you just get that relief of being in his presence and, and that help of his comfort. And, and, and then I found that after I'm in his presence for a while, he might give me, this is what your next step is. This is what you're, how you're to respond. But if I'm just trying to figure it out in myself and I'm trying to deal with my own grief and pain and, and doing it, that... that that those thoughts don't come. I'm just trying, trying to work it out, and it just gets worse. Um, the next thing, if you can find that trusted person that you can trust, and, and I'd agree with Renee, be careful. Just not anybody. Um, uh, I remember going to Brother Selleck, my uh, pastor that helped us at Chapel on the Hill, and I worked for as a Christian school principal, I, and I had with this first thing going on. And I told him everything. I told him, you know, the whole story. And that didn't help me one bit. It didn't help me to, to tell the whole story. Now, it may work better because we're all different, but these are things that helped me. And, but when I told him the whole story, and he gave me a few points along the way, but he, then he, he said, let's pray. Gave him my hands and he put his hands in my hands in his. And he began to pray for, for me. And when he prayed for me, the Lord touched me. I, at that point, I was in that pre, uh, place where I, I couldn't break through to the Lord's presence by myself, and somebody else was needed. And you might be in that situation because the, the devil likes to get us in the traps like that or, and depression so you, sometimes you need somebody else to pray over you to pray with you another time was during that first period too 
I felt, I can't share the whole story because it's a long story. I preached one sermon about that story. But uh, I was wounded in my heart. And it was an emotional wound. And, and if there's inside, I could feel it in my heart, you know, the wound. Sometimes you feel it in your belly. You know, the Bible talks about your soul and about your stomach. But, and I went to a minister's conference, and they were talking about trials, kind of like we are today. And they said to everybody that's going through something, and, well, ministers have these things go on. They said, stand up. And in the midst of this, um, people, they had ministers gather around. Somebody, you know, and they often lay their hands on your shoulder or on your hand or, you know, somewhere. Somebody reached through and put their hand on my heart and began to pray. And when that happened, it lifted. It lifted. And so I want to encourage you, find, find your resource in the Lord and find uh, people that will support you in prayer or, and pray with you. A um, couple other real quick things. Um, allow God to speak to find, you know, recognize when he is speaking to you and allow it, look for it through the word as you're reading in a word, through a, a song on the radio, and let it grip you. L let, it, let it do its healing work because God will speak to you. My brother had died, uh, and I, oh, I forgot to tell you, I, I had prostate cancer, and I, I'm pretty well over it right now. I just got the blood test, and it's looking great, you know. So um, anyway... I had just, I'd found out that I was going through some process and I, I made a decision. I'm, I'm going to start out by not doing what the doctors are telling me. And when I decided that, it was like, you're crazy. You know, these thoughts came, you know, it was just like the enemy attacked me. So on my way over to my son's house and, uh, and I thought, no, in the name of Jesus, I just started in the name of Jesus, uh, you know, I'm believing the Lord and kept coming, but I kept, and, and then a song came on the radio. Uh, I lift my hallelujah. Uh, what is I raise a hallelujah. Okay. My brother had died two years earlier of cancer, a different form of cancer, but that was the song that got him victory in his spirit, in his soul. And as soon as that song came on, it was God. Allow, because he wants, he's real. He wants to do these things for you. Allow him to, to, to minister to you. And, and it was God speaking to me. I raised the hands, just started praising God. And so when you get into those moments, let God have his way. Learn, you know, praise him through that. Um, and I'll say this about recognize and let God speak to you. The Lord is your shepherd. You know, ultimately, I'm not your shepherd and Pastor Joe is not your shepherd. But ultimately, you will always need him as your shepherd. You shall not want. And when you're sick, he wants to heal you. 
when you're hurting, he, he wants to heal you. You know, when you're going through a tough time, he wants to guide you. That's his job. That's what he does. Let him do it. And, and uh, look for him to do it. Which way do I go, Lord? You know, and speak to me. Guide me. So he does, he does his job. Uh, so help him do it. Now, the other thing that helps me is uh, frame what you think about. Now, that, that is a battle, okay? First, frame what you think about. But if you've lost someone, if they know the Lord, and, and it's not a platitude, if they know the Lord, they're with him in heaven. They're, they're in the delights and glory of the Lord. That's no small thing. That's their reward. That's not a punishment. That's their reward. So you've got to frame it the way the Bible speaks. Don't frame it, you know, Mr. Positive, you know, and, and just kind of gloss it over. But frame it with uh, the way the Bible speaks of things. So if you lose someone and they know, knew Jesus, they're with the Lord. Uh, my sister just passed. Um, I don't. I, she was calling out to God, but she actually died because she uh, was alcohol overdose. That's, I mean, she had problems, and oh, that runs in our family. And I had to get delivered from that. But she, she got into it, and uh, uh, so there's doubt in my mind, but I still frame it. My hope, my hope is... Because I know we'd pray together, she'd reach out. Somehow I know that she's with the Lord. It's very addictive. She was in a trap. I don't, but that's what causes me bigger problems than my brother passing, my mom and dad. I'm, I have full assurance they're with the Lord. But if they know the Lord, know that that's, that's a good thing. Frame how you think about them and, and fight that battle and let the Lord lead you on how you should frame it. But this is how I'm going to think about it, you know, and begin to work on when the battle comes, when the enemy's saying, oh, you know, this is horrible and, and he's fo having you focus on the tragedy. God would have you focus on what you know is the victory. Now, I, I'm not saying that it wasn't tragic. And then the final thing is, in the journey, and this is a journey we're in. We're going from birth to death to life again if we know Jesus, to heaven. We're on our way. The Bible frames this life as a journey. So one of the biggest things that has always helped me when I'm going through stuff, start moving forward. Take the next step, whatever it is. Because if you stay where you are, the devil will keep you in the midst of the, the tragedy that you experience, in the midst of the problem that you're dealing with. He'll keep you right there trying to figure it all out. You don't, we won't understand so many things. I mean, it's just too much. One thing I understand is I don't understand this stuff. And, and so... 
take the next step. What is the next step that you need to do? It might be just getting up and getting out of bed and washing the dishes. It might be uh, going to work. It might be, uh, 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 you know, uh, doing something that you want to do in your life. Uh, it might be a vacation, but what is the next step to get you to move forward? And when you're moving forward, I, again, frame. The, the, you know, like Brian has lost his son. It's tragic. But he's not leaving his son when he moves forward. He's leaving the tragedy in the past. His son is with the Lord. His son is with Jesus, and he is moving toward him. That's where I want to go with my mom, dad, my brother, you know, and, uh, and I hope my sister. And it puts a new light on things, and it is real. It's, it's not some thing we're just pretending about here. Jesus makes a difference, and he'll show up in your life as a shepherd if you let him. I'll let you. It's probably longer than I'd hoped. <laughs> but for me, it's a real job making things short. <laughs> you good? Okay. Well, hey, I'll put this back on, Kevin. Anyway, I appreciate uh, Renee and Pastor Chris there. They definitely had words of encouragement for me. I mean, definitely moving forward is a positive thing, a journey. And uh, you guys can go to your seat if you want to. Or you can jump on the keyboard. Something Kelly McQuaid told me here, and it's been a couple weeks ago, but I, I shouldn't matter. Matter of fact, it's been a couple months ago he said this, but I thought it was thought it was fascinating because he said he told me he says, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm just floundering in my faith, and I thought, you know how profound that is because isn't that what we're called to do? You know, if we if we stay in the shallows, stay in the ankle deep and the knee deep, we never learn how to swim. We never learn how to do that. We don't get closer. So I. I thought that was amazing, you know, because even when we're in our times of hurt, you know, we've been hurt, we've been wronged, uh, you know, if we're angry at the Lord or disappointed in whatever it is, even, you know, we feel like we're drowning in our confusion and lost. Sometimes just swimming towards him, you know, we learn so much about God. There is so much about him, even in the last two years, that I've learned about God and his sovereignty that I would have never learned anywhere else. Not that I would want anybody to ever walk that walk, but even in our little walks, even in the things Pastor was talking about, just, just the things that, and what Renee's talking about, we all got our battles. We all got things that the devil is using to try to drive us down, to, to take us away from him. And, you know, it's something else I've learned is we always hear that God always says, you know, his answers can be yes, they can be no, they can be wait. But I've learned they can be just trust me. What I also learned is, you know, we got to climb on that rock. We got to stay on it. God tells us in Psalms 23 that He's with us when we're in the valley. In Jeremiah 29:11, He tells us, "I know the plans that I have for you." In Romans 8:28, in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. We have those promises to stand on. We just got to keep moving forward. So it's okay to feel like you're floundering. It's okay to feel like you're going under. But 
just keep, like Pastor said, keep moving towards Him. Move. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.